0: Welcome, one and all. Thanks for tuning into this episode uh, with my friend Angus Sung, who is an absolutely incredible, talented director, storyteller, um, bringer of life of moving and still imagery to create stories that leave a lasting
1: impression. I
0: hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do, Thanks. It's
1: been good, man. Been good. I forgot my mug. I was gonna get make a cup of tea, and I completely forgot. It's been good. Um, I know. I it's, know. It's 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 in the other room,
0: but. Well, cheers to you anyway.
1: Cheers to you. But yeah, what's been happening this week? This week has been pretty quiet. Um, today. Oh no! Played well. Played two rounds of golf this week. Okay. I didn't know you missed a golf. Yeah, yeah. When I was younger, I was trying to. Um, I mean, when I was younger, I was really young. I was like eleven. I was trying to get on the county the county junior team. At one point, when I was really young. Um. It was like my life goal at that age. <laughs> Damn! Like, so get what, what, what? age did you start? What age did you start playing? Eleven, I think. Yeah, eleven. Mm-hmm. Like ten, eleven, and then dad really got me into it because he started playing, and then it was like, right, let's let's really let's really get into this and get involved. Um, okay. And then I kind of just fell out of it. Um, yeah. Because dad was pushing me so much, it was like, you can do better. You can do better. Um uh, so good fun out of it yeah it kind of dropped i mean like the competition trying to win trying to make points up took the fun out of it for me quite early on mm-hmm. um but with uh, there's a uh like my, my girlfriend's brother's getting married in september and uh our stag do is a golfing stag do so i mean uh my girlfriend's sister's boyfriend decided to play golf and thought great opportunity to Get back into it and uh, yeah, nice. start doing nice. That. So play right, two man. to three rounds a week.
0: Yeah. Oh, good, good stuff, good stuff, yeah. man. I'm, I'm multi-talented. I didn't even know that about you. So <laughs> this is this is the discovery. This is the discovery. Not, not that talented of golf yet. Still, no. uh,
1: still not a great golfer.
0: <laughs> you work, you're working on it. That's all good, man. That's all good. Yeah. But good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking. We've got a few people in the house. Tish over in Washington. I see you. Welcome. Um Barman Jakari Don't know Barman, but nice to have you join in Aeroflakes. Awesome. Uh Steve. So yeah, if it's about right you, let, let me kick off and then we can get into it because we've got a lot to cover, man. We've got a lot okay, to cover. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So how long we yeah. got? Well, how long have you got? Well, however long you need me. Ah, you're you're a star, man. You're a star. Well I try and keep it to T minus one hour and slightly under we, we, we'll go where it flows. I've got some things in my mind, but like, literally just like yoga, we'll take it where it flows. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you to everyone that's tuned in um, to, to hear Angus and I catch up today. Uh, my name, for anyone that hasn't called me before, is Kofi, and I'm the founder of Pride uh, for Unity right here, which is a global family, really. It's, it's become that over the last year. Um, and it's really about celebrating our diversity, but also our unity, as cyclists who come in all different sexes, shades, sizes, shapes, you name it. We ride together. We love our bikes. So my guest today is my pal and buddy Angus Sun, who is, I've got a note to myself, a real talent when it comes to bringing the fire to still and moving imagery. Thank you, man. <laughs> two stories, two stories, but also like a generally good soul, like since I've got to know you, like there's, there's something in there that has connected me and made me want to uh, do this with you for a long time. So I'm so, so chuffed that you said yes and, oh, and, I and that we're here. It. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. So literally just over to you, man, like just hit us up with where you are, who you are, where you are, and then we'll get
1: into like the cycling journey and everything else in between. Oh. I mean, yeah, um, I'm sung. Uh, it's hard to... When you ask me what would I put down to describe myself, I find it really difficult. I've always found... Mm. Like, not always. I've found it more and more difficult as I've gotten further into this industry um, mm. and in the cycling world. But first and foremost, I guess I'm a, I'm a lens-based storyteller, um, mm-hmm. whether that's photography or film. Um, uh, so that's what I do. Uh, I don't like using my profession as my, you know, thing that I am, but that's what I do. Um, where I am is Leicester, uh, or Leicestershire, mm-hmm. uh, currently house-sitting, house, house sitting, so you may hear a dog bark. Um, okay. But, yeah, Leicestershire-based, uh, been in been Midlands-based for nearly 20 years now, travelled around when I was younger um, mm-hmm. with my parents, wherever they had, like, Chinese takeaways or restaurants or stuff, so... Born in Birmingham, moved to Scotland, uh, moved back to Tamworth, lived in London for university and yeah, here I am now. Yeah, Amazing, amazing. So you've done a bit, you've moved around regionally. Have you lived abroad before? Yeah, um, spent some time in Belgium, uh, Italy, a little while in Hong Kong and then um, on and off like one month here in, in New York or something like that. Um, okay. So I wouldn't I wouldn't really class as living there, but it was for like yeah. work purposes, and I was there for a week, uh, like a month or over, like a week or something like that. But I mean, like, you, yeah, when it's work and you're there for like a long period of time, whether that's one week or three weeks, it feels like you're living there, so you kind of get to know that place. Yeah. But not not necessarily in like the years that people would spend in a certain place. Well, that's phenomenal. And then you talked about your parents like growing
0: up and, and moving from place to place when they had restaurants. So were they in the and the restaurant game is that what
1: they started off doing yeah or? yeah i mean like like many um chinese hong kong immigrants who moved over from hong kong were China mm. to the uk back in the 70s 80s um the first port of call was to find some established uh takeaway a restaurant to work for and then mm. since then they've kind of developed their way and just um yeah work their way into having their own business and then they owned that like was in that industry for 40 years i think it will take my dad only just mm-hmm. retired last uh, two years ago so okay. um, yeah he's 60 now so it's been like my entire life all i've known is that with that is that yeah wow okay and
0: in terms of um back to you and, and what you describe yourself as i'm going to try and remember this so lens-based storyteller yeah yeah i like that i like that and it touches on what i said like steel or moving imagery yeah you know that's 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 the thing basically is, is that is that fair to say like,
1: yeah i mean um i i i do find it really difficult because i'm not I, i'm not a director in the sense of like some of my friends who are directors or the other people who <laughs> i know are directors or people who are inspired to well, look at and for most for inspiration or motivation you know they're <laughs> definitely directors and then there's other photographers out there who i look at as who's like finesse their their skill level of being a photographer so well that they are just that. Um, I'm, I I mean, it's difficult because I've got clients who are commercial, then I've got my own thing that I like doing. And my thing Mm -hmm. that I like doing or love doing is, is very much telling stories of people like yourself. So, you know, some certain jobs come around that are like just perfect in terms of capturing everything that I want to do. That allows me the opportunity to use my camera, whether that's film or still to then, um, uh, yeah, tell a story. Uh, my, my girlfriend just walked through the door. Hello. Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Let me say hello. Come here, Charlotte. Come <laughs> <laughs> and say, say hello. Kofi says hello. Come <laughs> on, She's just finished netball. She's just finished netball. Oh, really? I think the so still tuned cool. in. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? She How you doing, doing,
0: Charlotte? You're oh, okay. Hi. You're How late. are you, Kofi? I'm good, lady. I'm really good. I'm borrowing your. I'm, I'm borrowing your BF for an, for an hour or so. <laughs> borrowing me for an hour. Okay. <laughs> All
1: right, we'll catch
0: up again soon. I'm going to go and tune All in right.
1: whilst Okay, I'm yeah. Sure. Oh, are
0: you going to listen? <laughs> no, no. Uh, awesome. So I'll ask you some tricky questions as soon as yeah, you, I okay, see yeah. it. Cheated. So, yeah, probably on the spot up? a little bit. Looking out for C.R. Parker, then we start all sorts of questions <laughs> about proposals and all of this stuff. But i would just save that for you and me just
1: now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do that <laughs> after all this, yeah? Do that after all this. Exactly, exactly. Uh, nice to see uh, an, old, an, old, an old colleague and friend, Jack on. That's nice. Uh, Sean Hardy's oh, nice. on as well. Good to see him.
0: Oh, wicked, wicked. Well, if, if I always ask a question, if you're comfortable, let's keep an eye on the bottom. If anyone's got any questions they want to ask, or just to join in the conversation. You're right, you me. see it free flow like you see it i see
1: it would address it so if you've got any questions yeah it's better it's it's probably better that way rather than me rambling on for an hour (laughs) no don't worry don't worry we've i've
0: got i've got you covered so just in terms of your journey Mm. um (laughs) this Lawrence over in america says she's gonna spy this is true (laughs) um in terms of your journey um in in cycling itself so i I, i've come to know you as you know that lens-based storyteller but but when we touched on it before, there's a bit of a story of your own right inside it. So like, how did your
1: journey start? Yeah. And I guess, how did you get into the world that you're in now? I mean, I've, I I started, I remember the first bike I ever rode. I remember when I learned how to ride as well. I was three years old and it was, um, it was a rally. It wasn't a burner, but some, some form of rally, like a blue with, mm-hmm. with golden decals. And I remember it vividly, um, never had stabilizers and it was literally like my it wasn't even my dad because he was working he was working every single day so it was never really there to like support me in that kind of like father son or father daughter like Get mm-hmm. hey, you on a bike and stabilizers off you go it was it was my, my family friend who were, who actually played golf with me yesterday he taught me how to ride a bike um mm-hmm. and without teaching me he kind of like it was like an original balanced bike with pedals though and just said don't put your feet on the pedals yet just push and just kick off and push um and since then i've been i was riding bikes constantly um I, when i turned around about 14 15 i was really into mountain biking and that's all i wanted to do I was mountain biking building dirt jumps with my mates um going wherever we could on, on our mountain bikes like riding from home to like the next village which is 10 miles so like 10 miles isn't far for us now as roadies you know but back in then when you're 14 15 you're like oh my god I've rode 10 miles and then you realize you have to ride back you're like oh god I don't want to do that um and then was you know we, we we had a little crew going on we were the 10 little races and just do little bits and bobs and just try and get into it that way um and it was like Again, similar to golf, I guess, but like aspired to get to like the u c i World Cup, which mm-hmm. was never going to do that in mountain biking downhill. I was too terrified, I was always too scared of doing stuff like that um, and then some of my friends kind of carried on, and they're still ride, and they do amazing stuff, so I kind of like left that aside um and then carried on riding little bits um mm-hmm. it wasn't until I went to university uh second year i met a, a group of black guys and girls in in london um and we started riding fixed gear bikes and then from the fixed gear bikes we kind of moved into riding road bikes uh naturally there's only so much you can do on a fixed gear bike in london really unless yeah. you're on the velodrome so it was like right well yeah. let's move into road and see what that's like and started riding that um loved it and you know being part of a, a collective i mean the collective's fifth floor and they're doing great things themselves, and you know, mm-hmm. building building so that, their little thing. And that was fifth floor that you were. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because um, that was out of East London. I'm thinking, is that right? Well, it's it's funny because we used no. to. What well, all it was was we met in a car park in East London. We didn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't an East London based collective of people. <laughs> it was just we would meet in a car park on the East in East London. Um, doing fixed gear tricks and then it's kind of developed from there. You know, they've gone mm-hmm. on to do the 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 road racing, they've gone on to do um track racing and both women and men's team, which is amazing, international, London and New York. Um and, you know, still very close friends. We still see each other as, as often as we can. Not maybe not so much obviously over the last year or the year and a mm-hmm. half. But um yeah, was photographing their training camps. Um they, they they did their own thing. And when I left London I was um I was about twenty two and through them became was really lucky to kind of fall into photography really again i was studying photography anyway but through them was lucky enough to fall into cycling photography um and from there that kind of like just overtook my life basically it's all i've (laughs) done since, since since 21 22 um oh my goodness that's
0: that's phenomenal and i'll pause there because um one of your pals must must be someone you know amy um eaton 890 Said so even at school, everyone knew Gus for bikes and photography.
1: Uh, yeah. Amy was an old school friend. Um, yeah, yeah. Not seen her for for many years. Um, but uh, she'll know. Like we had we had a group of us that was just always on the bikes, and also we're, all we yeah. ever talked about. Um, whether we were, I don't know. We we, you know, we weren't we weren't a team. We, we didn't have it. We didn't have like sponsor or anything. We just like we were and that was I think that was part of the joy of it at, at, around about the sixteen, seventeen age as well like yeah. we wanted to get somewhere and we all thought we could um, Yeah. Um apart from me because I was just too afraid of it <laughs> <So laughs> mountain biking mount in a way
0: that's uh, amazing man so so already that's uh, so much stuff the, and we we were up to 22 and then for so for those that don't know there came a point I guess where you jumped off or you did at the same time with um, the Condor folks yeah, right
1: yeah um, yeah, so. so, JLT Condor, uh, at the time, and I think they still hold this record now, was the longest-running um, British continental cycling team. Um, mm-hmm. They had gone through Rafa Condor, um, JLT Condor, and you know all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got involved with them, I think, twenty-four years old. And um, through luck, I think. It was purely purely through luck. Sorry, the dog's at my hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my attention, sorry. And, um, what kind of dog is it? He's a, he's a poodle. Let me try and grab him. Come here. Come here, Rabbi. Oh. oh, little lad. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, little cheeky bugger. Um, he's lovely, but yeah. He did one sort of attention. Um, it was at a bike race in Redditch. It was at the Tour <coughs> Series in Redditch. Um, and Tour Series Redditch is always round one of the Tour Series. Uh, and it's this... Actually, you know what? No, it's not. It wasn't. It was Milk Race Nottingham. I remember the <coughs> race, actually, because it was the closest race that was like, big, um, professional race. Uh, sorry, I hope I don't offend anyone by doing that. Um, in funny. my in my local area, really, Cause <clears> it was you know half an hour up the road, and that's where I met the team. Um, I met uh, had never heard of anyone before. I just knew that I loved Rafa because I was already road race road riding, riding then and okay. doing little bits, um, but I already knew of Rafa as a as this amazing brand that I was. I, I adored in terms of like the visuals outside mm-hmm. of it, and I know mm-hmm. like, you're affiliated with d h b but I think we can all appreciate where some of us have come from in terms of getting into the sport, you know, yeah, a part yeah. of it for me that was massively about doing around the fashion. it just looked great um, yeah and and it does
0: you know i mean yeah you're right uh, um I was against d h b but I think you know when you you see good stuff then you can appreciate that from an aesthetic point of view, you know, so I'm, I'm never one to say like, oh, like if you talk about any other brand the ASOS or whatever, like I'm, I'm just going to be like, whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah it is one, it it's good stuff, man. So,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. So that's great. So got involved with them and then, um, yeah, met, met the team manager, John Herity, who's been the team manager, of, who was the team manager of, of that team throughout like, the entire duration. That was, it was, uh, um, live. Um, and just, it was a, just a friendly chat. I was like, Hey, how's it going? Like nice to see the team kind of talked about rafa um he was incredibly kind as as john always is um excuse me and uh yeah just kind of that was it just a you know passing conversation but at the race i took a photograph of graham briggs who i've done some work for before uh you know since he's left the team and seems folded um and i would i would you know call him a friend um mm-hmm. we spent we spent Years together, had dinner together, you know, like with team races, um, And he reposted it in, in, on Instagram. And this was like at a time when Instagram didn't allow you to repost it. <laughs> it. You, you couldn't do this kind of thing. Um, it was all... He screenshotted it, reposted it. And then Claire from the Condor Cycle store in London yep. said... Oh, maybe it was Claire and Tom. It was kind of a joint thing. Uh, so Tom Southam, who's now gone on to... EF education um, kind of jumped on an email and said, "Hey, do you fancy coming on board with, uh, with a little project uh, at the Tour of Britain?" I was like, "Yes, please." <laughs> um, and, and the brief, photography-wise, that was the brief. Literally, just do you want to cover the Tour of Britain for us? Um, Fantastic. Half of Rafa and Rafa Condor, um, and I was like, "Yes, please. That'd be great." Um, I was twenty four and it was my first like insight to you know road racing at at that level um Mm -hmm. having wanting to get to that level myself at one point yeah um wasn't going to happen again same thing you know similar to everything else when like from like with golf or with mountain biking like it was one of those things where i got to a point it's like i'm not going to be good enough to do this so i'm just going to stop um but yeah, that's that's kind of, and then that's I was how with went. Them, yeah. yeah, I was with them for five seasons.
0: Amazing, a long, Amazing. a long time. Yeah, yeah. I guess in a, in a way, I'm thinking that over those seasons, you get to know people. I know some riders will come and they'll go, but you get to know people. And
1: I imagine could it become a bit like a family sort of thing, like when you 100%. get that place with people. One hundred percent. I think it's it's no dissimilar to any other team that you'll be with. Um, mm. I'm sure you found it now with Ride for Unity like you have a group of obviously it's a massive community but you may yourself have a group of people that you rely on or are around you at all times because that's your support yeah. level um, yeah. and with with JLT Condor you, there, there are people who come and go like you said and there are people who come and go that you may not get along with 100% but because you are within that team whether you're a rider or a um, carer or a photographer or a press officer you know you kind of you have this almost bond, especially when it's a team like JLT Condor, because they're not. It's not a world tour team. It's a, it was a small team. It was a it was a team of you know just a group of people who kind of not forcibly got along. You know, if, if no, if you didn't get along, then I'm pretty sure John would have, you know outed us. Um, but we, we we just got along. We just you know it was we that. were there to do a job. Um, but with with that you kind of you spend so much time together you're on the road mm-hmm. all the time i mean i remember like there was a tour series season when we did every i did every single tour series as a photographer and press officer um so it's nearly five weeks on the road with these groups of the boys and time. girls um just up, up and down the country just do, doing different races that last an hour <laughs> um and then you're driving four and a half hours to the next one you know and it's so you get to know them you get to know people really well i've got some yeah. ma- i've still got some amazing friends who are you know i, I stay in contact with um now to this day um through, through them yeah
0: through them and i imagine some some memories as well and, and i think before switching it back onto you like in terms of those five seasons and the sort of memories that was kind of created like does anything kind of stick in your mind from that time that you think like was it like a pinch me moment? You know, like I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe this is this is what I'm doing. I
1: th- with with JLT Condor specifically, I, I, I worked with a few other teams in the, in, within that, like within that space when I was not with that with them. Um, but with JLT Condor specifically, tour career was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, it was the furthest we had, it was the furthest race we'd ever travelled to, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're on the, you know, you do the whole flights, you do the connections, you hope everything's there. You don't, you don't want to lose a bike or anything, and then you get there and you spend ten days at this race. Um, it's actually twelve, including the two days on either side. But yeah, you're you're doing this, you know, big race with some other huge teams as well. Um, but forget the racing. What you get to do when you're there is just phenomenal. Like if if someone said to me when I was twenty-one. Angus, do you fancy going to Korea to photograph a bike race? I'd be, or you'd be doing that at 24 or 25. I'd be like, oh, God, really? that, that that never would have crossed my mind. You know, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in fact, none of it would have crossed my mind. You know, everything that I've done up to this point, I've ne- never crossed my mind that I would ever do. Um, But yeah, with the team, career was definitely it. Ten days in a country that I had never really had any experience of, apart from a little bit of food here and there. Um, yeah. And you only obviously get a little insight when when it's like that in the UK. Um, That's it. But you get dropped into this country where you have no idea. And fair enough, you don't really get to see a huge amount of the of, of the actual country. You don't get to really connect with the culture that much because mm-hmm. you wake up, you go to the start line, you, you you know you you go on a race, and then you jump on a motorbike or whatever it is, take your photographs, then jump off, get back to the hotel, edit your images, send them off, get down for dinner. And it's kind of repetitive. You do the same thing over and over, and you but just see a bit the of a cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if sometimes it can feel like Grandhard day, you know. But I don't. There's no part of me that would ever take that back because I was in a country that I had no idea I'd ever visit. You know. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so that's I,
0: fantastic. I
1: loved. I I loved it. Uh, loved it there. Uh, <laughs> there. There's too many. There's like. I think just getting to (laughs) getting to sit down with some of my cycling heroes. You know, I say cycling heroes, but people when I was riding or, you know, wanting to race or getting into it, who I looked up to. Like, there's lots of stories. And there's stories that I won't necessarily expose because of people involved. But, you know, when you're in a a room of a hundred people and then you spot, like, Mark Cavendish in the table next to you, like, not even, like, not even in the same room, but like literally the table next to you with your, your seat's here. Like, I'm yeah. sat here and he's there and it's like, this is someone I've like looked up to since I've been into the sport, you know. Um, Amazing. Amazing. And, and, <laughs> and that kind of... Did you chat, did you, did you, did you chat to him? Briefly, briefly. Yeah. I was a, I was a man with a camera so Mark, back then, wasn't, he didn't love it, you know, he didn't love no. the whole cycling, the whole camera no. situation. Um, but he's 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 you know he's a nice enough guy when you bump into him and, you know when you're walking through the the dining hall and you say hello and it's fine but been, always been relatively friendly with me um, mm-hmm. so yeah uh, those kind of those kind of opportunities like working with that team specifically has brought brought so many opportunities with it I think yeah. without JLT Condor I wouldn't have gone on to work for Rafa and Sky I wouldn't have gone on to you know work for even companies like DHP or other companies, you know, I wouldn't have yeah. done that. Um, and then through that, have got I've got some amazing memories. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, there's there's just too many. Like yeah. photographing Bradley Wiggins at the hole when he was just doing a ten miler for the for the fun of it, like and the warm up to something else. Um, it's mad. Like and I didn't know about Sky. It was through Rafa. It was through Rafa, yeah. and that's why I was in Belgium for a month. Uh, okay so the guy who used to do the sky rafa sponsorship link um asked me to join on and jump on board to help do some photography um during the classic season uh i can't remember what year it was but so yeah i priced it up for him and said yeah cool i'll 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 go over to it to belgium and live there for a month and a half follow the classics tour like all the classic races and just photograph the team and then what you know? One random day, I get a phone call from the guy who's um at the Sky Hotel. I was not even staying with Sky. I was like on a in a little shack cottage <laughs> somewhere else. You priced it wrong, You uh? priced it wrong. You should have priced it differently. <laughs> I know. He, yeah, someone calls me. And says, uh, "Hey, we need we need photographs of this New Jersey that we're doing. um Can you come over to the hotel within the next half an hour? Hour?" I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool." Drove there, got there. Packed yeah. up, you know, and there's, here's your room, and here's your subjects, and it's like Gareth Thomas and Ian, and Ian Stannard and like you know, and you, you, wow, wow. I was a you know a young kid, and like when I think about it now, you know, it's it's mad because the you know Yogi's gone on to do his own thing, and then G's gone on to win, you know, Tour de France, and it's just like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, mind blown. But at the moment, I guess you you're doing it, and but I love it, and
0: well, this. Like I said, we like make the conversation flow and we'll take it where it goes. Like I I always am interested just to find out if there are certain people that have inspired others. Like, you know, you some of these people you talk about, you know, obviously cycling legends, absolute legends. But it could be inside cycling, it could be outside cycling. Are there any folks that one or two people that you look up to that
1: have, have have been like, you know, up there in your estimation? 100%. One hundred percent. I mean, and that is—he is, has nothing to do with sports whatsoever. Um, but Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. um, incredibly famous. Um, That's—it's a hard thing to actually pinpoint who he was and what he did. He was a chef at the beginning, became a food presenter um, later on in his life. Um, <laughs> suffered with addiction. For many years, um, I think the problem with that, with the hospitality business, is that it's, it's an easy fix for a lot of things. So yeah. he very openly suffered from an addiction, um, and unfortunately, died of suicide uh, a few years ago. It's and bad. I had not realised how much of an influence he had on me until the day he died. Um, <clears throat> not dissimilar to maybe yourself with with george floyd obviously what happened a year ago yesterday um yeah but it wasn't until that moment happened for me to realize like this man kind of embodied what i wanted to do in terms of storytelling he's he's he doesn't class himself as a chef anymore he he knows he's not the best chef as well and yet he loves understanding people through food mm-hmm. and if anything, that's what I want to do through like lens-based storytelling. You know, whether that's film or photography. Um, I love that. And I, I, he's he's definitely a standout. Um, yeah, nothing to do, with, you know, sports or or yeah, cycling I, or whatever
0: it is. Yeah, inspiration can come from many places, really. And I didn't know him actually, so mm. that's some homework for me, which is fantastic. Just to look into his story. Yeah. Um, and and I, like you're you're saying, it's it's not sports based, but there's something about his journey and the way that he did things has kind of captured your imagination. So yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And yeah, uh, I I, I wanna bring it back um a little bit to you, because um talking about Anthony actually ties into something I, I, I had a thought about, which is some people say that seeing seeing is believing, you know? Mm. Um what are your views on, on that?
1: In terms of in terms of what, you know, what what subject are we going for here? So, going for a bit abstracted, the, the idea around if you see something,
0: then you might believe that you could do something. So, you know, seeing your heroes in sports, photography, food, film, fashion, whatever it may be, kind of encourage you to believe
1: that you could do that. Did that ever ring true for you or not particularly? I'm I'm going to be honest, no, because I think when I was younger, I i had um i guess i never really saw myself in anything in anyone you know Mm -hmm. like um and whether you can you know call that me being i guess narcissistic but also like they're not me i'm not them i Mm -hmm. i i I found it i found it really difficult to disassociate myself from myself to then put myself in their place sometimes because i couldn't and you know this isn't about for me um whether it's skin color or sex, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. It was literally, no, I couldn't see myself doing that because I don't believe I can get there. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that might be, that, that that would have come down to just my mindset when I was younger. Um, and it's, it's an interesting question because do I do that now? Can I see myself doing something? I think maybe, you know, mm-hmm. um, but my my thing is would be my personally it's very much like how can i get to that to to where they are rather than can i see myself doing that um, yeah i see what you i understand what you're what you're asking though um it comes it's it's part of the mind really um yeah. if you see something enough you you know you believe yourself you believe something enough it's going to happen for you you know because yeah. you you're sometimes. so you're so desperate for it you know sometimes.
0: sometimes sometimes but i think for me it's really i'm i'm interested in perspectives because i guess the more people you speak to the more you realize that they're just i guess different points of view you know and and just because my mind sort of thinks a certain way doesn't mean someone else will so i just wanted to to, to, to present that question to see what your take on it was and and you know, build on that with your inspiration and where you draw that from so i I take it round to the cycling um again yeah. From from your time when you were sort of doing the stuff with JLT Condor and I guess Sky and, and everything else, like your reception in cycling, like how how welcoming was it to you, and I guess how included did you feel in the what some people might see as the machinery of cycling? You know, the mm-hmm. upper echelons. You know, I guess UCI Continental, UCI mm-hmm. Worlds. You know, you're, you're in you're in the territory where people start to get paid to ride their bikes, right? So yeah. yeah, how how, how welcome welcoming was it to you and and, and
1: inclusive in, in your experience? As a photographer and a journalist, I think it's I think professionals will always find it difficult. Because at the end of the day, we are we are there to tell a story. If we see something that is either interesting in any given way, whether that is a Ryler throwing a helmet across a hotel room because he's frustrated mm-hmm. at the loss, to, you know, that the joys of winning um mm-hmm. we are there to capture a story we, you know journalist, whether or, or storyteller whatever whatever you know use it as a title um mm-hmm. i think from that perspective it can be a bit um demoralizing sometimes because you are seen as the person who's there to capture absolutely everything and sometimes mm-hmm. people have a different reception you know you, you've got you've got certain riders who are very open to it incredibly happy and just want to chat to you you've got other riders who will be like keep a certain distance away um mm-hmm. when you have a camera in your hand but then you have the other complete flip side of that it's when you're within the industry and you're spending that much time with a group of people whether that's your colleagues directly or with colleagues of another team or anything the moment that sometimes the camera goes down or you actually present yourself from a from a perspective that's not behind the lens you're just you're just as welcome as anyone else it's no different um, this, this the sport of cycling is an interesting one because I think from a professional standpoint, in terms of riders, it, it, it lacks whether it lacks diversity and it lacks inclusivity as a whole, um, mainly mainly due to the lack of representation from all backgrounds. But when you get into the nuances of the industry and when you get behind the scenes, I think it doesn't matter. Who you are, what you do, as long as you're just a good, hardworking person, and you are mm-hmm. there to, you know, do right by people, mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, but then like, that's the same with most industries, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. just because we don't see it, doesn't mean that it's not happening. We just don't get to yeah. see it. Um, from From my own personal, you know, standpoint of it, um, there was jokes when that's those jokes are okay or mm-hmm. you know you know the de- definitely not PG but were they okay that's up to someone else to decide was I offended no um but th- at the end of the day we we're like a family we just get along you know we weren't mm-hmm. we're there to do a job we're, we're happy you know and it was never a problem it was no ne- I'd never there was never a part of me that felt I was unwelcomed um the only reason I left cycling as a photographer press officer working within the races is because I had lost the love for the races I just didn't want to Sorry. do that anymore um, Got so never never felt pushed out never felt unincluded un- um, yeah. yeah that's good that's good And like, I, I think um,
0: the culture of cycling for me and I think that the essence of the sport does feel like pretty all encompassing in the if you look at Like anyone can ride a bike, you know. Mm. Once you you can afford one, you can you can ride one, or you get a hand me down, you can ride it. So when you look at like the grassroots level movements, which have have flourished over the last year or so, to like the professional echelons, like everything in between, there's there's definitely something for everyone in there. From you know, I think of the women of the New Forest to the Soul Riders groups, to you know, so many so many uh, sort of collectives and groups that have spawned and shut up um, do, do you do you sort of see it in a similar way insofar as it can be a sport for anybody and everybody and it's
1: accessible to most or do you think 100%. there are any sort of barriers yeah. actually 100% may be wrong <laughs> now I come to think about it I think there are other sports who are, which are better equipped to to kind of growing a diverse group of people in within a sport mm-hmm. um I think you're right in terms of saying grassroots you know collectives are, have sprung up from here there and everywhere and is doing amazing mm-hmm. and it's lovely to see and I absolutely um, advocate for that um, mm-hmm. but there but but there I feel often there are other sports and i'm and I'm, I get, I'm very biased in this but with as a climber so I've been climbing for eighteen months now twenty four months nearly. Um, It's probably the most diverse sport I've ever come across. Climbing? Um, Yes, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, because we've, there's, there's, it's really hard to be an elite, an an elitist in climbing, Mm -hmm. unless you are just that kind of person. Um, we've all been at a level of climbing V zeros or non graded climbs, the ladder climb, basically, um. Mm -hmm and there is no point in climbing where you get to where it becomes too easy or too hard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you kind of you know you're progressing you just kind of keep going up and up in the level with cycling you could be the best best rider in the world and yet you still can't climb a mountain as fast as you know an amateur cyclist who's just built like a mountain goat um And then, in terms, I mean, but with with, when it comes to diversity, it's 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 difficult. I mean, cycling has got the opportunity to do that. I think there's Mm -hmm. there's now, especially now, seeing like teams like Legion, you know, doing having a female and male team as one, you know, racing in the same races as well. From what I've seen from the crits over there, you know. Is phenomenal. And I think the more that we can see that as a whole, the better. Um, It just, you know, it allows people to kind of get into the mindset that, yes, we can all do this at the same time, at the same pace, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, But in the UK, I I don't see that as much uh, in terms of racing, but in terms of collectives, 100%. There's loads. I mean, even taking from my my old team, for example, with the fifth floor, having both men and female teams, going out on rides together wearing the same kit you know looking stellar at this like having the whole um the whole shebang basically but as one team brilliant brilliant I for, 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 the, for the sport and 100%. if more teams could do that great um i think, I think more yeah more brands is it up, my thing is is it up to the teams and people us you know as collectives to do that or is it a part of you know, the greater industry to actually work on this as well, to help this? Yeah. Um, oh, I think that's a, such an interesting question and it's multifaceted and
0: I'll touch on it in a second. I, I think, because it's super interesting, there was a lot of love when you were talking about Fifth Floor and riding together. So I think people are down for the United front. Um, but Lawrence over in Toronto has shouted out a couple of crews that I want to mention. Mm. Um, Mandem Mand MCC and Galdem Cycling Collective. As a cruise in Toronto, Candace. I didn't know them, Lawrence. Thank you for shouting them out. Um, I will definitely, definitely check them out. So i just catch up that, make sure I stay on. Oh, Man CC have joined as well. So brilliant, which uh, Lawrence was just talking about. Um, Yeah, well, to your point, I think it's just, it's a mixed bag. Because I, when I started Right for Unity, it was from a point of like, I'm not waiting for anything or anyone to be the change that I'm I'm looking for, right? So I think... Hundred percent grassroots, as it is and has become, is is a way forward because I think people create movements. You know, for me, yeah. it's it's really it's really about the people creating a movement, and at some point, you know, companies, corporates, governments, and whatever may catch on to that and be like, "Damn, this is hot!" Like, we want in, we want we want to be involved. So, so I think there's a two pronged approach. You need the grassroots stuff to be going on, and I also think it's great if you get brands on board that want to promote the message of diversity and inclusiveness and unity and all that good stuff, because I think for the younger generation, if they could see that, then they might think, actually, do you know what? I wasn't really thinking I could do that, mm-hmm. but now I see some folks like football. I've talked about it before. Yeah. Like football, like uh, why not? You know, why not? And, and, and get into it. Like you got into it They find that generally it's a nice place to be. So that's yeah. cool. Well, I, Thank you for touching on that. I, no, I, I want to like, keep it moving. Yeah, I want yeah, to keep it moving. But but um, uh, Rough Rider Bella says sorry. I'm late. No worries, me bro. This is it, Mister OG, um, one of one of the the uh, Rife Unity family. In fact, godfathers of Rife Unity before Rife Unity was. So, kudos to you. you can be late anytime, Mister. You're mm-hmm. you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, just bringing it back to something that I, I tend to ask everyone that comes on. It's it's just really. What it is that they love about sports cycling. Cause I think your journey from being three years old, doing the BMX to mountain biking to fix to, you've tried a whole range of stuff. Like, if you could distill it down to like, I don't know, two things, maybe three things that you love about it. Um, can, can, can you do that? Is it possible?
1: I'm gonna be really honest here. I mean, my Charlotte, my girlfriend Charlotte, she she she's already out of me on this because I don't ride my bike anymore. The last time I rode my bike was literally riding my bike to her work to surprise mm-hmm. her one day. That was the last time I rode my bike. It was 21 Celsius. It was warm. There was a tailwind for 35 miles. Right. I was like, I'm going for it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do this.
0: What, what, what year was that? Because that that we those temperatures we have not seen in 2021.
1: Right? I think it was. It was definitely 20. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely this year. This year, like, twenty-one yeah, degrees. Yeah, twenty. This 20, 20 country, degrees. Yeah, in the
0: UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, right, it was literally
1: man. this one random Wednesday or Tuesday that I just went right doing it. Um, okay. Yeah, short, short shorts and uh, shorts and short sleeves it was absolutely fine. Um, but what brings me back constantly? Why? Why? I mean, it's probably the same reason why I still keep a bike. Because every now and again, it would just be like. I just want to get on it. Not in Kent. Yeah, maybe not. No, no. Yeah, um, Cara, Cara, knows. She's been, you know, really good on. Yeah. <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> what do I love about the sport? I don't know what it is. there, there is this. There is a. There is a kind of energy with cycling that very few sports actually captures, and, and I think I still have far too fond of the memories from being within certain collectives or working with certain teams or brands um spending time on the road that Mm. keeps me within this sport i have tried for the last two to three years to get out of cycling completely you know Mm. to kind of like leave it behind and put it to bed but there is something that when clients come to me and give me the opportunity to tell stories like yourselves and other people, I, it's hard to say no because there is something about this sport that just brings a huge amount, array of different backgrounds mm-hmm. together. And mm-hmm. you don't have to know this individual. You don't have to know any of the other cyclists around the world, and yet we still do the same thing. And when they, they come, I think there comes a point for a lot of cyclists where they call themselves a cyclist rather than just someone who rides a bike. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, and once you, uh, you kind of start developing a, person, uh, developing a personality towards this one machine that can grow this, like, I don't know, community of people all around the world, very similar to what you're trying to do. Um, and I think that's what brings me back to cycling constantly, that, that I could, I mean, I, I drive past people on bikes around my local area, and I'm not even on a bike. I literally drive past them shouting, "allez." Like who does that? <laughs> and I don't know what it is. I don't know why do I do that? But it's something I yeah. love, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. and it's just this like there's just this bond that I have with like something that is just so as, as simple as a as a bicycle. Um yeah. I think I get I I found that same passion for climbing. Um not necessarily with golf, but definitely with climbing. Um maybe it's a community thing. Maybe yeah. it's the people. I think it's just the, the, the vast array of people you can meet, um, yeah. all coming together for one specific thing and that's yeah. bike or a pair of climbing shoes. Um yeah. no, I love yeah. that. I love that. That's that that's important to me because it it's different things for different people and uh, I have done
0: so many of these conversations now where there's there's no one has said something where I've like been like, No, nah, I don't understand what you're talking about. It's been mm-hmm. different takes on a similar sort of theme and for, for me I you yeah, i talk about it but there's the connection with nature that is the thing that i love you know where mm-hmm. you especially in lockdown where we've been like restricted the ability to get on your bike and ride it on your own but sometimes in groups and clear your mind and just explore things is something remarkable and something special And I, and i and i love the way in which I don't know how you do it, but you do this magic where you kind of capture the, the essence. of it. You capture those moments, and 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 I want to talk a bit about like when we met. I think there was was it March the last time we saw each other
1: for so, the specialised film. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So beginning of March, and we saw each other, and, and Cara was there. She's this is why she's talking about the, the microclimate. It's um, it was absolutely freezing on that day, and we we must mm. be. And I, I was riding for a while. You know, we're doing various bits. But what you then did, in terms of however many minutes it was of riding and chatting, whatever, was to capture in like four minutes, maybe ten seconds. Not that I was counting. Yeah. four minutes, ten seconds. Just something that I looked at and like, "Did I say those things?" And like it, just, it, it, it moves you. Like you, it, 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 like what you said. It, it told a story. Like where does that come from? Like that, that ability to just see so much stuff hear so much stuff because we talked a lot on that day and then being able to bring it bring it all together and tell a story do you start with a like a map this is where i'm going or does it come together as you're just doing the thing
1: i i i go off you i go off the i go off the subjects if i think like we've in the series there's only been two films at the moment and we're hoping to kind of carry that on with, with specialized and um and hopefully that happens soon. But for me, you are the key to like yourself or whether it was Leon before or whether it's the JLT Condor cycling team. It's them and yourselves. It's the people I get to, you cool. know, be with mm-hmm. who, who allow that to happen. And now I'll just listen. And I think it's, it's it, that's the important thing. Um, one of the very first conversations me, me and Charlotte ever had in person, this is like, we weren't even dating at this point. We're just like going for a walk kind of thing was how often do you actually listen rather than just hearing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can do that, if you can actually really pay attention to what someone is listening to, you can then develop everything else around them. Cause you can, if you imagine now, um, building a imaginary story in your head of, you know, uh, um, a scene, the most beautiful scene that you can think of, of trees and branches and um, sunlight coming over, coming through the trees and like hitting the ground. You're probably doing that in your head now, and you're visualizing mm. it. You're seeing it. You're probably imagining something you've already seen before, or thinking about where yeah. the next place you can do that. Right? That's all I do. I listen to what you're saying, and then try and well, this is me personally. This is, and I listen to what you're saying, trying to make that into a visual, and then go out and capture it. We have a very, we had a, it wasn't a, it wasn't necessarily a finite period of time to do it, to do it but we had one day together. We had less than yeah. 24 hours, literally like it was, what, we spent six hours together on that day? Yeah, yeah. If I wasn't listening to it, I was just literally there just to capture the best shots. I'm not doing my job because as a director and storyteller, you're there to listen to what someone else is saying to then bring out the story. Mm. Um, I could ask you to do B-roll. I could ask you to go around and do the same thing over and over again. But it's not necessarily true unless it's a commercial unless I'm doing it for like a specific shot to sell a product there is literally no point of making you ride a hill two times to Thank tell the same that, story yeah. this one of my favourite guy this one is my favourite <laughs> guy not that i mind riding hills but
0: no I love that and do you know what I think um, yeah Cara said it here Angus created magic in that film so yeah if you haven't seen it it's a a specialised ethos um, perfect ride second yeah. story which you can check out which is, is amazing. Um yeah yeah you what you've just captured there could for me kind of is 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 it's not just about lens based storytelling still or moving imagery. It's it's it could be like a, a, a modus for life, you know, like like truly just listening to people. And that's why I love having these chats and at the beginning when I started it you know this is not too much about me but when I started doing these things I, like, I had my list of questions I like I've got to do, 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 do. so I'd go through it but like now I've kind of merged that style so I've got some points in my head but actually sometimes when you listen and I don't always do this definitely not as well as you do when you listen the story can just can flow and take its shape and I think for life like if we listen to one another the whole unity bit comes much stronger because suddenly you you get people you know you empathize with them you understand them you might love them a bit more or what have you so yeah listening is um is massive so thank you thank you so That's much all right. i mean it
1: is the most important part i think the best analogy i can use for anyone who has a partner if you remember the very first date you went on can you remember <laughs> the conversation you had with them <laughs> and if you can't are you listening to them or are you hearing them now right that's, like, for me, that's important. Damn, and, I guess you don't wrong, dropped us some gems, man. The <laughs> thing is, don't, I don't want to be too, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to be, like, a guru about this. I, I I, go wrong. I can sometimes be, like, distracted with my own stuff and then, like, I haven't paid attention. And I feel terrible for it. I feel guilty for that. You know, that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a side thing. I, I, I trained for a few years... Spent from the age of 25 I kind of went off the rails but at 25 I dedicated my time to self-help and then I went on to doing learning about coaching and mindset behavior and you know that kind of thing so from that having to I'm I'm so I sometimes still slip but better at understanding where I go wrong and I feel guilty because you know I'll feel bad for not listening because that's what my job is as well like I'm there to listen to someone else um Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you can, yeah, for anyone who, who has a partner, can you remember the first conversation or the first date that you had and remember the conversations you had? And if you can't, were you listening or were you hearing? I love that. I'm going to I'm gonna
0: take that down. Charlotte is a very lucky lady, man, to have you in, in her corner nah. listening, I l- listening way. properly. So yeah, way. No, I love it. And, and look, I, I, I thought this when I got to know you, that I've always found you know, like a really centered kind of spiritual kind of dude um and yeah it's, it's brilliant it's brilliant just to be able to spend time in this medium and share that with people for people mm. to hear um and it's mad because i said that we'd take about an hour and time is flying if i check i'm yeah. happy to carry
1: on dude i'm happy to carry cool. on if you're if you're happy to carry on i've
0: cool, got, cool. we've got nothing right. else cool all right let's carry on let's carry on so i mean for me i just want to touch upon that sort of spiritual centered side that i've seen like did, was that always you? Because you talked about going off the rails a bit and I'm always interested in that sort of story if there is a story of people meandering and then finding themselves. Were you always centred?
1: No. And no. I mean, I think if you, if you imagine there's a reason why I I, I dropped things before they were finished. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like a repetitive thing that I did. Um, mm-hmm. I can still don't do that now rather, but rather than doing that exp- exactly I just procrastinated of, you know procrastinate doing it oh, in, in, in general yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so i think for me it was the thrill of it it was always a thrill of it um i at the age of 25 i had i remember it i was looking around i was sat in my room i was looking around i was like i had so much stuff i had all the bikes i wanted you know these beautiful bikes I had all the clothes I wanted. I was wearing Rafa, you know, I was in I was doing decent in my job. I was, you know, I, I was like, nothing could touch me. But I was looking around like none of this makes me happy. None of this brings me any joy, you know. And I'm being a bit I can't remember her name, um Mary Kondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds a bit yeah. Kondo now, but but not like that. It was very much like all this clothes I have, I hate it, don't want it all these bikes i have don't need them i only need one bike you know mm-hmm. so kind of like what's going on in my life why why i'm asking all these questions of myself like why am i doing this why do i do that why am i like this getting and progressively getting more and more frustrated um and my mental health kind of took a bit of a hit uh when mum was diagnosed with cancer um mm-hmm. And I think that kind of, that wasn't the same period of time and that really played into it and that kind of really affected me. I was at that point both working as a press officer photographer and doing the rest of it and running my parents' Chinese takeaway to kind of help support everything else. Um, Mum got ill, so I was like, right, I'll take over completely of the business, the family business and that didn't go to plan doing it that way because it was just so much work. So then I kind of like, you know, I, I, I just wasn't in a great, Position in in my life, um, so I, I needed to find help. But I didn't realise I wanted to, I needed to find help, nor that I actually wanted to have, have any help. Um, mm-hmm. But then I struck a conversation with um, who is one of my who is a close friend now to me. Um, his name's Phil Quirk, um, who was at the time a performance coach working with jlt Condor was was specific athletes. Um, he worked with the whole team, but works very much specifically with certain certain athletes on the team, namely the ones that were going to the Olympics um, okay. in, in, two, in 2018. Um, but we we got we got chatting um, over a coffee, and I didn't feel like I was saying anything out of the ordinary. I was just chatting, getting to know him. But what I hadn't understood at that point was that he was very closely listening to what I was saying. And being very strategic with his answers. And I went went away from that conversa- from that conversation and then a few months later, a few months went by, and I was like, that guy that I met over that coffee working for the team, I might give him a call. Um, I just had a chat to him and then jumped on to his that he, he helped me with a few things and then jumped and I was like, well, I don't understand what you did here. I don't know what you what, what what happened here. But I want to learn more. And yeah, from there just and yeah, from the age of like late 25s up until 30, I was trained underneath his his diploma and his oh. work. Um, so that's where my coaching side comes into it, I guess. Um, oh. And that's where I learned to listen. That's where I learned to listen, not just to other people, but to myself and what I was saying and how I say it. And again, I, I won't be the person who says I get it right every time. I'm not. I, there are days, I had a day, the other day when I was just like, not having a great day but that's okay like right what is it what can i do what what do i need to find out what do i need to listen to myself about and it was all to do with my mindset at that given moment and that mindset at that given moment doesn't have to go into tomorrow if i don't want it to And i don't i don't want it to overlap so right let's let's talk about this let's do this whether it's talking to my girlfriend as a support bubble or literally talking to myself but um i think my my innate ability to kind of listen now, and mm-hmm. I say now, it was I was never like this. Is from that, from coaching, mm-hmm. from learning how to do exactly that. See, I've known
0: you we work together. I say work, work. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Kind of work. There's not even. It's not call it work. It's having fun, um, and you doing your work. <laughs> but, I, I didn't, I didn't know that. I really didn't yeah. know that, and I, I, it just fascinates me, and that's why I love doing this because just hearing people's journeys and stories and the things that they pick up along the way. And I think Jeremy was, yeah, he just said amazing to what you were saying earlier on, um, and it, and it, and, it, and it really is. And it may not be directly related, but a friend sent me this thing today, which was about perspective. So I was just talking to him about just stuff you know, life stuff and he sent me this video about perspective and he said that, mm-hmm. uh, that in the video he said, life Life is always often about perspective and if you're a downhill skier if you tell yourself don't hit the trees don't hit the trees sure enough that's what you'll do because you're thinking about the tree whereas if you say stay on the path stay on the path you're taking the same route but you're staying on target and I feel like combining that bit with what you're saying it's not the same thing but combining that bit with what you're saying can help a lot of us through these times, because what a year it's been, you know, like yeah, what a year it's been where
1: stuff's been put into, I mean, to focus. You know, you say that it has nothing to do with what's happening at the moment, but you, it does. Perspective mm-hmm. is everything. If you, the, one of the best analogies that I've ever heard from Phil actually is, have you ever gotten? To, uh, do you, do you drive? Yeah, I should Actually, let's let's get, take about the cycling. Let's go back to cycling. So. Let's say you want the new Specialized S-Works um, SL7, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're certain that's the bike you want. And you've done all the research, you've listened to all the reviews, you've done all of that, and you've picked out the exact color scheme and, you know, groups that you want. And that's the one you really, really want. And then you go out on your own your own bike tomorrow, and you go around the corner. What do you think will happen? What what, what, what if you, and you hear a cyclist come, come around the corner, what bike do you think they're going to ride? A car of attraction, I'd say it would
0: be the SL7 that's rolling past.
1: Yeah. And that bike will always have gone past. But what happens is that your brain is so in tune to thinking, I really want this bike, you're just going to be like, there it is. If a Trek Mondo goes past or anything else goes past, you won't really bat an eyelid about it. No. But if it's the bike that you're specifically wanting, you're like, ding! oh my goodness, there it is. And then you'll see another one. And then you'll keep, seeing it, you'll keep seeing them. So the perspective is everything. It's like the downhill ski analogy. If all you're seeing and all you're thinking about is negative thoughts and negative things or you know, certain, certain aspects of your life aren't that great, that's all you're going to keep picking out. So mm-hmm. let's say the last year has been really tough. You're going to keep picking out those really tough moments in that year and making it that, that, that one thing. Or those things you're one year but within right, those 365 right. days you may have most likely 364 days which are grand when you ac- when you accumulate all the time that you spend frustrated at That's one yeah. certain thing yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um interesting questions lawrence has asked did you make did it did that make you a better storyteller i think you were asking about the um the coaching side yes 100 percent. it definitely like l- learning to listen to then talk about things like this and, you know, understanding the mindset of a person has definitely made me a better storyteller. Um, it is... Um, I don't think I'd be able to do my job now unless mm-hmm. I was in the place I am now. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And, you know, working up close and
0: personal with you, like, I don't... Unassuming. Like, unassuming, unintrusive. You're You're there. And you just, you're, you're giving direction, but letting it flow. And then you see the pictures and you see the videos, and I'm like, "Whoa! Like, when did that even happen? Like, when did you even, when did when did you like that split second? I think you got your shutters or like constant go 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 go. <laughs> um, because yeah, it's it's amazing what you do, um, uh, and and I, and I love love you telling that story about how you got yourself centered and worked it through. Because honestly, I, I I said this yesterday in a post that like with hope, with imagination, with collaboration, with action. Like tons of stuff can happen. And yeah, it sounds to me like you kind of believed there could be a better way. You managed to get some help around that. And then it sounds like it gave you some tools. And there's some tools that you've been putting to some amazing, amazing use. So that's that's phenomenal. And
1: yeah. I mean you? don't get me wrong, I feel again, I feel very fortunate having Done the things I've done, and being and having met the people I've met. I mean, there are collectors out there. There are cyclist collectives out there. Um, I'm not sure if you know who he, know him, but Nick Frendo uh, Yeah, ascend. He does the yeah. ascend stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, his story's fascinating. He. I remember previously, years and years ago, we were going. We, we were talking about doing some work together. Um, I mean, this was many years ago, and I, I didn't really know about his story. Um, and it's only now that he you know, he's, he's, he's doing he's doing his thing that I think cycling as a, as a sport can really help highlight the difficulties people have mm-hmm. and I think the more people that we that can learn to you know develop the mindset and kind of develop talking to people listening to people in a different way than just what they're doing now it will it will um, naturally develop the sport, whether that's from a um, industry in- industry point of view or just grassroots and people point of view. Um, so yeah,
0: very oh, I love them. I, I love that, and it's something I love about cycling too. Like just you can do it on your own. And sometimes like, that's, you know, soothing and, and it relaxes you and you just get out of your head or in your head, whatever you want to do. But then when you do it with people, like there's one, a good friend's Dan. he, he was on here, and right? I'm not sure if he's still here, but over the last year, you know, when we caught up on rides, you've really taken the time to listen to each other and just chat. Sometimes it's innocuous rubbish, like mm-hmm. just banter, stuff, but sometimes it's like deeper stuff that, you know, what's really going on with each other and it's great man like kind of form of counseling or therapy on wheels whilst mm-hmm. taking in the science and the scenes you know so yeah, yeah 100%, I'm, I'm whatever being, people need
1: whatever people yeah. need
0: yeah i love that i love that well, let, let me let me ask you this question around the last year because it has been what it's been you yeah. know there's been some good there's been some challenges it's been difficult for many in many walks of life, but has mm-hmm. there been anything that you've, looking back on it over a year since we kind of went
1: into the restrictions that we've had here, that you've taken away from the last year? Okay. Um, everyone's in the same storm, but on very different boats. Oh, I like that. Everyone's,
0: everyone's in the same storm, but different boats. How do you mean? Let's break, break that down for me a little bit. I like you know, it like this- when I heard it.
1: The old saying of, you know, we're all in the same boat here.
0: Yeah, We're
1: not, we're not, we're in the same problem, you know, we're in the same frustrations and maybe we're in the same situation of COVID. We're in the same situation of a lockdown or whatever it is, but we're all in different places within that. You know, some people mm-hmm. are doing fine. Some of the people are really not doing that great. And I think it's important to understand that's okay. Both sides are okay. I had a moment the other day when I was like climbing when we went to the climbing gym. It wasn't even that like climbing. The climbing fu- wall was fine because that's my space. I'm happy there. It's my little bubble. But walking through town, I don't know what it was, but I got this like overriding anxiety of like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of people who aren't necessarily taking it seriously, who aren't social distancing, and. But then I had to i was getting a bit like flustered i was getting a bit anxious about it i was like they're not empathizing in my head i'll say they're not empathizing with where i'm at with this like i'm not ready necessarily to go back into the normal life i would like to go back to normal life but i'm not ready for that shit excuse me um that's but, right, man it's past the watershed we're all good <laughs> okay but then i had to like think about myself like maybe i'm not empathizing with them enough you know they're they're in a place where they have to do that and that's Entirely their decision, and I should be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should just leave it, you know. And then from there, I got back into my little bubble of climbing, kind of like got back into it. It's like, right, you know what? It's cool, it's cool. I, I've got my thing, which is the climbing gym. Other people might think that's a small space to have a lot of people in. Mm-hmm. Fine, I get it, you know. It's two, two, it's yeah, different boats for the same storm, same situation many different scenarios and everyone is going through the same, like going through the same situation, just very differently. And I think it's important to empathize, to understand Mm -hmm. that that's what people, that's where people are at. And this Mm -hmm. comes down to the listening thing. This, this comes down to understanding people. I think that's important. If you can, if you can really start to understand people, that's when you start to just kind of, you know, appreciate where someone else is at. Um, Oh man. I'm feeling
0: you, man. I'm feeling you. And just, yeah, I'm feeling that a lot. Th- just thinking about what you're saying, it, it resonates a lot with me because as we say here in the UK, as we're sort of coming out of restrictions, touch wood, 21st of June is our date. We're aiming for that. Mm-hmm. Things will be eased up, hopefully if the variants don't keep coming. But the readjustment to that is is tricky because there's part of you Part of some of us who like I want to get back to doing some of the old stuff that I did, but then there's also this fear that's kind of been built in, and this caution that's been built in around being too close to people, hugging people. You know, all of that mm-hmm. stuff that we took for granted before. That, like you said, like I felt, I felt it, man. I felt it. Like, you'd, yeah, you go somewhere and you see a ton of people, and you're just like a bit on on edge, on on guard, and not how you used to be. And if you're not careful, if you're not kind to yourself. You could be like frustrated yeah. with the fact that what's going on? What are these people doing? But coming back to what you said, I think that piece around just trying to understand, I love how you do it and how you talk about it because like if if we could just airdrop that as leaflets across the planet, like honestly, I do reckon like tons of the problems we've got will be sorted out like everyone just see it from someone else's point of view we're we're under the same storm but we're all in our different boats respect your boat looks like that my boat looks like this feels like this whatever like the understanding the the, the love the camaraderie the all of that good stuff could just well up and then people wouldn't be so at times yeah uh, i uh, mean across purposes you know
1: this co- this kind of goes back to the, co- the question that you asked me earlier Can, did i ever see myself you know within someone else you know and or see myself in a position of someone else you know mm-hmm. the answers still no, but i can see my i can see or at least empathize with someone else's position you know, whether that's you know someone who's successful or someone who's having a bad time i i like to i like to think that i take the time to empathize with that person how did you get to where you are and how can i either help in some way moving forward <laughs> or how can I understand how you got to where you are and then share that with other people who, who, who may necessarily want that. Cause I don't, I'm, I'm happy being where I am and I'll just <laughs> naturally get to where I want to get to. I don't care where that is. Um, but there are others who kind of just need that and how can we work together to kind of, you know, do that. Um, but yeah, the, the, empathy is one of those things that i think we are never we're never taught the true meaning of it really as as kids at school um we i would like to believe that parenting has a lot to do with it mm-hmm. um your upbringing you know um but then people around you the people the people that you're surrounded by and the people that influence you most I, I mean, I, I'll go back to Anthony Bourdain. He, the, the way he was able to drop himself into situations that are not the norm for a lot of us, you know, sitting in a small house in Syria um, whilst they were allowed to be there many years ago um, to do a food show and how food has brought communities together when the, the entire country's at war. I mean, I'm not trying to get into politics here, but that ability to do that is incredibly difficult to to empathize with that individual or those group of people mm-hmm. and i think i think that's what's important um I, I, for me i don't know about you but for me i think that collectors like right for unity has that kind of built into it that's what we're trying to that's what you're trying to you know encourage
0: yeah, and I like you said we because that's true you're you're part of the family man I know you, didn't <laughs> you didn't represent didn't represent with your mug today but no, you I'm are sorry, 100% that, yeah. Yeah. that's alright that's alright it wasn't on the brief it wasn't on the rap sheet but no it's, it is it's what it's what it's about and I think maybe that's why we're and maybe that's why we're talking because I think fundamentally like a ton of us out here who ride our bikes have something that bonds us you know mm. and whether it is Whatever you see out there or what have you, there's, I think, a camaraderie and an instant connection that comes from the fact that you're out there dodging obstacles and trying to stay alive. And there's respect and understanding that goes out to anyone else that's doing a similar thing, you know? So you already start at this point, which is like, okay, we're on this path together. Let me try and reach across. And then you just unlock a richer, deeper, more meaningful connection at times. And I have to say, like with the Ride of Unity, I've been blessed, like so blessed with the connections that, that have been made from it, the family that have been brought together. Jeremy out here is just, uh, put a note saying, he had both his knees partially replaced and before lockdown and cycling yeah. therapy was safe and changed him. Lawrence, you know, I didn't know before this, but have Cara, Ride or Die, Ride for Unity, family and in fact, global head of all the letters, partnerships, sponsorship, you know, Food, swan year, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's, it's an amazing thing to, to connect in this way. So, yeah, I love it. And Mari mm. uh, said something which is, and it's important to realize that there's no timeline for this to feel normal for everyone again. I think this is going back to just what you were talking about earlier.
1: The last year, you
0: know, yeah, but, the last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah so no, a real push and pull with people I've met through psychic. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks a lot. And yeah, shout out to Castle from the Soul Riders crew who's in here um, doing some amazing things with his collective. Awesome, man. This has been so good.
1: Charlotte's Charlotte just that... brought me the mug. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> cheers.
0: Uh, may I just say, while she's running upstairs, I mean, you know already. Keeper. Hashtag keeper.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's she's good. She's very good. I love Definitely, it. My, love definitely, it. My, definitely my definitely my support. Like. And I think that's important, like whether that's a partner. I think this is what cycling, take away cycling. I think this is what sports can do. I think this is where sports...
0: Of course, but it's sports. And two, cool. two things. Two things that you were saying can bring people together.
1: Yeah. I, whether, whatever the sports that is, and I think food is a is a universal thing. Whether that's, what, regardless of your dietary requirements, I think if you <clears> do it right, you can just get people together to talk and then from from that, yeah, and then from that, you can listen, yeah, you know, um, and sports is the same, sports are the same. Yeah. when you're in the same boat as someone else or have been in the same position as someone else, you have the opportunity to listen, and that's important, um, okay. and I think what you're you know what you're doing with right unity and what other people are doing with their their own their own things it's uh it's a great opportunity for 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 it to grow um awesome. and and to talk about you know. The things that are important to to yourselves and to them and whatever that may be um yeah. the more conversations we can have the better but yeah the more the most important thing is that the more people that actually listen then we can actually make a difference that's the
0: thing man listening if i take one thing away i'm gonna listen like angus if i have any situations where i'll be like what would angus do what would angus do <laughs> cool well uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking to to wrap it up soon. But before yeah. we go, like, have you got any? Actually, first of all, mm. if anyone doesn't know and they can't see you on it, where can they find out bit about you and what you're doing? Like, what's the Instagram handle? Have you got the website going?
1: What... Um, touch, it's all a bit, it's all a bit like here and there at the moment. But just, okay. if you're happy, if people are happy to jump onto my personal Instagram, just follow me on there for now. Um, I don't post that much. Because mm. I'm not doing it for anyone else apart from me enjoying it, so um, that's important for me. Um, I'd like to say it's quality.
0: I'd like to say it's quality over quantity, only because I feature in there and I feel really proud. <laughs> <about this.
1: laughs> and and what's, what's the handle? What's the handle? Uh, it's just Angus U N G. So um, Angus missing the S. U- on the surname U N G. But yeah, eventually I'll be moving everything towards uh, a more uh, well, my production company. Um, okay. where you will see a lot more of what I do rather than being behind the camera and actually just doing this kind of thing with people. Um, awesome. Awesome. So, yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. And you then, got one more question? Inter- yeah, the other question was projects that are coming up that you can share because I know sometimes it might be G- G5 classified. Is there anything that's not G5 classified that you could share that's coming up for you that we can get excited about?
1: I'm going to be super transparent. This year has not been great <laughs> um, okay. with, with work. It's not been easy. But obviously we're, i'm hoping that um the rest of the specialized um project is a go uh which means mm-hmm. that we have at least two more short-form documentaries about individuals about and their stories of cycling um mm-hmm. and then we may move on to well yeah uh we may maybe moving on to something else with a former client um but again i don't who who knows i mean in terms of like there's always things i want to do you know there's yeah. no and it, it is again the same thing i just procrastinate you know i don't want to get to the point where I'm doing something and then never finishing it so i'd rather just not do anything until i actually want to really do it yeah. um but there's been projects i've been wanting to. there's been personal films i've been wanting to do there's a film about i've been wanting to do this film about um about about uh I don't want to call it race or or, or, or that, because I find that a, a broad subject, but um, a film about my being Chinese in the UK, mm-hmm. um, being British born to first generation immigrants from, from Hong Kong. I think, you know, whether that's happening now or when I've ha- whether it happened 50 years ago in, in America or whether it's going to happen in 50 years time, hopefully not. It's, just, it's the same story that's going to be something that's, that should be told. And I, if, if, I, if I don't do it, someone else will. So yeah. um, And I'm sure it's already been done, but I'm, I'd like to have my own take on it.
0: Oh, man, um, your take would be, be dope. It will be dope yeah.
1: I think not everyone sees things the way that you
0: see it. So I hope you do do it, man. I hope you do Yeah.
1: Do it. There's There's lots. So there's, there's little things, little stories I want to do with fishermen. Uh, I have no anything that I have no understanding of fascinates me so if anyone in the set if if anyone's been watching or anyone's watched or is still watching um, believes they have something that is going to fascinate me then please let me know because I'm just fascinated by people
0: fantastic man oh man I I dig it I dig it Angus, this has been awesome and I really enjoy just letting it do what it's done and flow and grow and getting to know you even more I thought I knew you and I do, but but I've got to know you a ton more. And and honestly, like from a personal level, can't wait to sort of see you again. From yeah. a professional level, can't wait to, I think, work because you know when uh, we get yeah. together. I don't yeah, I don't know about working. It's just fun with you. So um, it would be really good to see you again soon. So yeah, yeah love to um, love to Charlotte and the dog, which was super super well behaved. <laughs> yeah, he
1: was very good. Didn't bark at all.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. Got him one He Got his five minutes. He got his five That's minutes. Good. But yeah. Really, really That's good, it. and um, Lawrence has sent great chat. He's definitely going to connect with you. So hopefully, definitely. hit me you know, up. It's going to going to grow the love, grow the love. Um,
1: yeah,
0: but thank you so much, thank man. You.
1: Thank you very much, Kofi. Much appreciated. And it was great All just right. chatting. Yeah, always nice to talk to you. So, my
0: pleasure, man. I'm going to do Angus tomorrow and do more listening. So thank you very <laughs> much.
1: take care We'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye bye.
0: Bye everyone. Thanks for
1: joining. Bye bye. Thanks for everyone.